This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I was flipping through the channels the other day, but there was nothing good on us. Yes, that's right. We're back again for Nothing But Netflix. This week we're talking about a brand new Netflix documentary called White Hot, which I don't think it has a subtitle, but basically the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. And here with us is a man who has only had a rise, no fall. Here is the great Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. It's early. It's yes. very early. Yeah, we have to get up really early in the morning to cover this topic. You know, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. look, you don't you sleep in and get to cover all of the <laughs> scandals over at Abercrombie at Fitch. Chappelle, I've been very concerned. Is Netflix okay? No, Netflix is not okay. <laughs> what happened? I, this, this has what been happened? a week. This has been a week for the nothing but Netflix offices. Uh, I've been getting emails and phone calls. People are concerned. They're thinking about bringing commercials to Netflix now. I don't know what's going on, but some I don't know, Rob. We we might not have had a sustainable model uh, for this podcast. I yeah. thought we had a good thing going, but I know. I, we could be wrong. I know. We should have gone with your idea uh, to be or not to be. And uh, I'm wondering if we backed the wrong horse. We might have. We might have. I've heard HBO Max is on the come up. Uh, you know, Apple uh, TV is doing big things right now. Mm-hmm. Netflix has to step it yeah. up. Yeah. Netflix has to step it up because then what? I mean, look at Peacock. You know, they, they're doing big things, too. And But they have commercials. So, you know, Netflix just has to figure out a way to get people back in the seats. And I think we could be the way that happens, Rob. We yes. need to start a partnership with Netflix. Okay. Alec. Uh, we're open to it. We'll take their we'll take their calls, but we have a lot of offers. 
Yeah, well, look, I sent Sam my list of demands the other day, and he mm-hmm. told me he was going to get back with me. And so here I am, still waiting to get back with it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I guess when Sam meets my demands, I can start the negotiations with Netflix. Who knows? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's bring in our guests to help us talk about everything that's going on here, uh, talking about White Hot. Okay. Chappelle. Uh, mm. let's, let's welcome in. Uh, that I, you know, I I want to do an introduction here, but, I, but I, I'm not sure why, uh, why this person wanted to be here to talk about white hot Abercrombie and Fitch. Please, please welcome in Naomi Calhoun. Naomi, how are you? Hey guys, I'm doing so good. My mom actually said I couldn't go into the Abercrombie store, so I'll just wait outside while you guys go in, and then you guys can come back out, and I'll I'll be in the massage chair. So <laughs> yeah, right. Na- Naomi, why did you want to come here to talk about white hot? Uh, I saw it on the list. Chappelle and I have been brainstorming for a while um, and uh, Chappelle keeps trying to get me to come on to cover the show that I work on, but I don't think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I saw White Hot and I was a kid who was in school around the, the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. And I thought, perfect. I want to read this label for filth mm-hmm. and uh, I hope it dies. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity. Perfect opportunity. Okay, so good. So happy to have you here to talk about this. Uh, full disclosure, I have to say, just up, up front, this is a little awkward for me, that I had done some nipple modeling for Abercrombie Rob. back in the day. Okay. Uh, so I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. Okay. I just wanted even to put that tent? out there. Yeah. I just, I just wanted yeah, to put even- that out there. Okay, so you will be put, po- uh, posting the pictures in the show notes. Like people are going to be yes. able to, to weigh in on this. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That if you, I mean, if you ever got the bag that was just a close up of of a of a nipple, that was me. <sighs> wow, nothing else, not even mm-hmm. an ab in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited. Like this is so dope. Like I thought, oh wow, every week I get to talk to you know very interesting people. But Rob, I had no clue that you were the most interesting of them all. Like I, <laughs> right. like the nipple guy is here. This is incredible. It's me, thank you. Yeah, this <laughs> is cool. Me. Rob, yes. Rob, not since Fat Mama have you we have we had a topic so big to talk about. <laughs> Like with Naomi. So I'm very excited to jump into yes, this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Chappelle, uh, big picture. What, what did you make about this, uh, this documentary? Uh, you could have told me this was all made up and I'd have believed it. Mm. I don't know anything about Abercrombie and or Fitch or who they are or who loves them, who went there. This is not anything that's yeah. in my realm. My neighborhood, we didn't wear this and did we looked at them and like oh okay like they clearly aren't from here um so i've seen the store i walk mm-hmm. past it as it as it seems like i should right there are big signs that say don't come in here Chappelle. it's not for you mm-hmm. these big brown shutters this this oh, oomps, oomps music when you hit the door so um, um yeah this, yeah yeah there, all of that was like Chappelle repellent Chappellant. And so um i so i never i never ventured in there i think i like walk through every now and then to be like what is what are they doing in here? What kind of white shenanigans? But again, not for me. So I learned so much. I have so many notes. I have questions. And so I really want to know if this was more in y'all's wheelhouse because I was completely out of my realm. Yes. Yeah, so I certainly knew that the Abercrombie and Fitch store existed. I definitely was aware of that. But beyond that, 
uh, that you could this this film could have gone any direction from mm-hmm. like that uh, Abercrombie and Fitch went out of business in 2005. I, I that <laughs> that I had no idea of what was coming next. Uh, and I have to say, I, I'm I am gooped to know that uh, Abercrombie and Fitch is still ex- in existence. <laughs> I grouped. Oh my god. I I mean, I am too. I gotta be honest. Like, I've been to the mall that I used to go to as a teenager, and I never really registered that Abercrombie still existed and and was selling their wares. I thought that they had basically died from shame and gone away, (laughs) which they should have. But apparently, they're still trucking in some places. They're still going. It's really. It's really hard to die from shame. Trust me on this one. You know, sometimes you just got to push through. <laughs> got to tweet through the pain. It's still out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, Naomi, do you yeah. think that this documentary could, that, uh, it, could it come back now after this? Was this a commercial well, we for saw- Abercrombie and Fitch? Like, hey, we're still exists. <laughs> we saw in the end yeah. that they're, they're pivoting their brand, right? They're trying for inclusion now rather than exclusion. But I think it's too late for Abercrombie and Fitch. In what world are like teenagers like actually care about fashion sometimes nowadays i've seen tiktoks they're like here's my style and i'm like i didn't i can't believe this i'm uh, but i should say that i don't think abercrombie and fitch is registering to anybody who is maybe young and in high school or even college as a cool brand to wear anymore it's more like the hand-me-downs from your older brother that you wear because uh, they haven't had any holes in them yet and and i feel like they're are they going to make an upswing? I don't think so. I think that they are behind the curve and there's no catching up. Yeah. This, this store for me could have been literally like seven or eight other stores on the mall. And I wouldn't have noticed the difference. Right. So like I thought Abercrombie and Fitch, American Eagle, Hollister, all of those were the same. I found out in here that Hollister actually is in the, the same parent mm-hmm. company. as Abercrombie. Yeah. I was like, Oh, it makes sense. Cause I thought that was the same store, but, um, yeah, I don't I don't know if you can bring this back, especially because the TikTokers are ferocious. Like the millennials got um Abercrombie and Fitch up out of here the first time, but the Gen Zers are not going to let them rear their like they're not gonna let them pop up out of that uh seclusion and, and like try to do anything new. They would have to completely rebrand, change the name, and just like go by a secret identity like Bruce Wayne or something before they were able to get something off the ground because the TikTokers are going to know and they're not gonna be happy. I am terrified of the TikTokers. Yeah. Is the mall even still a thing? Yeah, what's a mall? Well, I mean, I don't... Okay, I have to say, I don't know what the first part of this documentary, who it was for. Yes. Because they were, like, explaining the concept of a mall, which I felt like (laughs) that's pretty obvious. Even, like, even kids these days know what a mall is. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you always went to the mall. Yeah, yeah, we all know this. Mm -hmm. But I guess... They have to explain them all because kids don't go to the mall. And they don't know what it is. I don't know. I was very perplexed by this explanation of what a mall is. Like we all haven't been. Yeah, I wasn't sure if COVID moms. killed the malls. I wasn't sure if the mall uh, survived COVID. But I-, I think that what they were trying to say is that the mall was important. Like uh, the like uh, mm-hmm. like I think that people like um, know what it is, but they uh, I think that they tried to like say that like uh, I guess in the nineties you had to go to the mall. Because that's the only way that you knew what was happening or what people were doing by going to the mall and looking at people and looking at what was in the store. You didn't have the internet yeah. to tell you. Mall culture fair, has like evolved. Yes. Yeah. Not so far apart. Yes. 
Right. So like, remember like late 80s, early 90s, the mall was a place where you could go and they could like, like and legit see a concert. Like artists were going and doing mm-hmm. tours. I think we're alone now. Like that kind of crap was going on at the mall. Like, you know, like there was like artists like I'm the mall chick. Like, look at me. I'm dropping an album. Mm-hmm. And so that was like early 90s. By the 2000s, it was just the place to you go and stand like me and my friends are going to do a few laps at the mall real quick. We might get some Sparrow pizza or something like that. Ooh. Something quick that you can hit like in a drive through walk area at the mall. Nothing too fancy. A great American cookie, you know, something like that. And then you and then your parents come and pick you up. and You leave or you catch the city bus if you're me. Uh, but that was where you went. And I think that's just gone. I think you do have to explain that to the younger generations. Like, do you think TikTok Nicole goes and sits at the mall? No. You know, but the mm. people younger than her, they're definitely not doing it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is one of those situations where we had to start with a history lesson so you can really get the impact of why Abercrombie was such the phenomenon that it was. Mm. And it got big. Yeah. That, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about the first part of this is all about uh, the the rise of Abercrombie and, you know, what their uh, recipe for success was. And so uh that's uh, somewhere along the way that they took over this uh like Abercrombie which was a company that had existed for a very long time that sold like shaving cream to Teddy Roosevelt uh and somehow <laughs> I don't but how did they stay in business from not, t- Teddy Roosevelt as to 1992 uh, like that that's the part that I don't understand um I am on their Wikipedia page and it says in 76 1976 they filed for bankruptcy. Yes, okay. Um I feel like it kept that sporting goods store. Maybe it filled like the REI void for a long time and then everybody was like, "Why do I need a wooden canoe?" They're like, "Never mind, I'm not shopping here anymore." <laughs> um I I thought it was so funny that they they basically pivoted from like what some people consider to be like a manly man to like just the most abs in the world and we're like this is still peak masculinity don't worry guys we haven't changed one bit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's one of those things where it's like you wonder how this store stayed uh, like like relevant and open for so long but if they're filing for bankruptcy they were struggling you know they needed a rebrand but also like there are other stores that probably should have been gone like I don't know what I got to do to get buckle out of malls, buckle. but I got, I, yeah, like this well, random like score. I don't know. I just know you can buy a denim jacket there for $300. You know, it's like, why is this in the mall? You know, it's just, there, there are so, there are things on the mall that you just still like kind of wish that they weren't there or just kind of like, what, what are you doing here? Who do I need to talk to? Is this a front for something? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are like, I remember back in the two thousands, I used to like going to the mall for just like those, like, um, those home goods stores where you can go and like sit down in the massage chair oh, and like, sharper, like, like, image. sharper sharper image. Yeah. Like that was my jam. Like leave me at the mall. I'm going to go in here and take a nap. Yeah. If, if I lost my dad in the mall, I knew he was in sharper image. Like that's just how it was. <laughs> yeah. Is sharper image gone though? Sharp. That's gone. Right. That's officially extinct. It's gotta be. I, I don't know. Is it like, and what's the between that and like the air mall catalog? Did yeah. anybody buy I, anything at the sharper image? Um, no. I think you you bought things that were as seen on TV, and you're like, oh, they were on TV, and now they're in my hand. Oh my yeah. god, I have to have this little massage <laughs> thing. Still a website. Mm, yeah, it's like, but where else would you buy a snuggie at the mall? Like, you have to go <laughs> to Sharper Image, right? Like, if if you want to shake weight, 
sharper images for you. Um, but you know, there are other stores too that have ended up in like the mall graveyard. I mean, remember music stores, remember Sam Goody? You know, there mm-hmm. there was a lot of places where you those are extinct. And I would very much like to have them back. I don't know if I would ever go inside of them, but it'd be nice to see them. But Abercrombie somehow just stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just the test of uh, some time. Uh, but basically, they got to the 90s and they get into about how uh, that the company was uh, bought by a guy named uh, Les Wexner. And he partnered with a guy named Mike Jeffries, who we're going to learn a lot about here as the Abercrombie CEO. And basically, they had a vision. And the vision was to market this with uh like fine like uh the hottest white mostly guys you know they, they'd have some uh, you know attractive white women in the stores but mostly like fine shirtless attractive white guys and that's going to be the brand mm-hmm. put clothes on Thank- them and then mm-hmm. we're going to like put a lot of like uh like then we're going to put them on like the giant shopping bags and have people walk around with these and th- this is going to be the marketing for this company. Imagine that. This is Abercrombie. <laughs> I mean, it is a genius strategy, right? Put hot people in the front of your stores, put a big ass photo of a hot guy, walk in, you can't see anything so you have to go in. Like there are lots of marketing uh strategies here that are totally effective. However, they highlight this in the documentary. I think it's really, you got to keep this in mind the whole time you're thinking about this. It's all about exclusion. You don't have abs like that guy does. You don't wear a flannel shirt quite as cool as the guys in the front of the store. But maybe if you buy their shirt, you could look cool. Mm -hmm. You won't, Mm -hmm. but you could. Mm -hmm. You could. Or, 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 or you could be black. Or Hispanic, you just look. You could be non-white, and you can't come in here. I mean, you could come in here, but like honestly, you, you can't are work allowed here. to come in. You are allowed yeah, to you, you inside, but you gotta leave swiftly. Like there could be Mike I, Jeffries could show up. Yeah. Then what happens? No, I, you, know, well, you never I, know. I do think that you you were w- welcome to purchase anything you want. Like, were could, you? could you work there? Could you work there? Uh, not in the front. I mean, uh, were you welcome to purchase it? Mike Jeffries is on record saying, you know, my clothes ain't for everybody. You uglies, you dark skins, you, you know, like, ah, not for me, not for mm-hmm. me. Y'all can wear it, but I'd rather you not. And he's not the only fashion designer who said that kind of stuff, but they made this their entire brand. They were like, oh, no, no, let's, let's put pretty white boys at the top of the food chain here, mm-hmm. then follow it by pretty white women, and then like everybody else beneath that. It's like, huh. This is a model that happens here in America sometimes. It just, every now and then when you need to reinvigorate somebody, let's exclude the minorities. And Abercrombie, they leaned into it like nothing else. Like they, they, like no one has done white supremacy like, Mm. like Abercrombie and Fitch has done it. Like they just made a whole empire out of it. And then all of a sudden we're like, what? Y'all are upset about this? Why, why, why are you mad? You don't, you, you think you should be allowed the same things everybody else is allowed? You're not cool enough. You're not attractive enough. It's the doubling down for me. That's like great. People are like, Hey, you don't carry over a size 10 in your stores. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's intentional. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You can't wear a clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. Mind what your a, business. Old Navy. Right. <laughs> okay. I will, sir. The gap is hiring. Could you not come in here with your nonsense? Like, okay, well, I guess I will go into the gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, in terms of like the hiring practices, uh, certainly, and also with like the plus size, like uh, like not carrying the plus size uh, sizes uh, that they get into uh, later on. But I do think that part of the like uh, the the idea here was that they're being like exclusionary and trying to like put like a certain type of person in the store because if you are like a person who uh, was like uh, you know you you could buy some of that like uh if if this is where like the cool people are this is where what like uh these attractive people in the store you could sort of like buy that if you do not have that thing and then i wear the shirt that says abercrombie all over it and so it's sort of like i have bought that association uh so i think that like they do like uh cater to people who are not that cool going to the store and buying this stuff well, I also think from personal experience, I, I was, uh, look, I graduated high school in 2013, not to make people feel old, but to say that I was there the whole time, right? Yeah. I was there from the 2000s onward. It was, we didn't look cool because we were children, because we were 13 years, I, I can like see in my head the boys that I went to school with wearing these huge polo shirts. The shirts never fit. They maybe even did the layer, right? The double polo mm-hmm. and two, po- two polos dirty. at once. Yeah. 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 Double polo. Oh my God. And, and sounds disgusting. you all looked so lame because you're kids and like, you're, you weren't going to like look all masculine and manly in some like ripped jeans because you had not fully finished going through puberty. So I think it's so funny that uh, there were people who wanted to be, like this because I think in a lot of ways the people who are buying the clothing if they weren't like college age adults and adults they were just like kids who were like oh if I wear this I'll be cool I know it uh, definitely I will mm-hmm. right did, did anybody actually wear the clothes and look like the poster or were they more selling the idea that if you wore the clothes you could be included with the people from yeah. the poster because like rarely do you see these people because one if they're on the poster they're not wearing clothes they're right. butt ass naked yeah. but like when you see them in the wild, they have three polo shirts on and some big ass cargo shorts and, you know, some boat shoes. And you're like, oh, well, that doesn't look like the Abercrombie that I know. It's like, but it says Abercrombie on it. So I it must be cool. If you look like the poster, I think they just give you the clothes for free. They take the clothes. They <laughs> literally yeah, take you're the not clothes wearing any clothes. Though. Yeah. Right. The underwear yeah. For free. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, they just the they take your picture and they put it in the yeah. store. <laughs> They're going to take your picture. Um, if, if we learn nothing else, these people are going to keep copious notes about like your body, your face, and they're going to send it to corporate at some point with a ranking to tell if you are either hot or rock. Yeah. Is it hot or rock? Yeah. I think <laughs> cool so, or rock, cool or rock, but cool was good. Cool was good. But rock was rock was bad. Is that on a scale of cool to rocks? Like, I kind of feel yeah. like that. Like, Hey. Like uh, on a scale of cool to rocks, I would think rocks is good. Rocks was bad. <laughs> that that could also be uh, describing a survivor tribe, right? Are we are we cool or are we going to rocks? Like what's going are on? Are we going mm-hmm. to rocks? <laughs> yeah. No, cool is good in that good sense. Point. Yeah. Right. It's like no, this thing rocks. It's like no, it's it's not as it's like as bland as a rock. Like oh, like it's a boulder. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like yeah. So they would take. The, the they would take all of their employees and they would rank them in coolness to rocks, which is basically saying like how 
how hot are you and how not are you? And then they send it to corporate. So yeah, you walk in the Abercrombie store, if you look like that model, trust me, you're not wearing any of their clothes because they're just going to make you the model. And they're going to literally call you a model so they don't have to pay you real money and they can, uh, you know, treat you like a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. I This is so just like, I feel like no store embodies Big Brother more than maybe Abercrombie and Fitch. They are watching you and if you are not pretty enough for television, they will put you in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's sort of like a big alliance of like all like the attractive people, like uh, yeah, picking on like the people, yeah, the people who are uh, not fitting in. Yeah, all the all the minorities, yeah, all the minorities put in like what is it? Not the uh, like in the camp comeback outfits. (laughs) Get in the back. You're, I mean, you're not ugly. You're with Team Impact. Like I know what that means. I'd have been on Team Impact. You gotta imagine that like. Somebody like Hayden Moss was wearing Abercrombie and Fitch all the time during BB12, right? Like, they found oh, yeah. them. They, I think that for a couple of years, I think they just like cast Big Brother. Or they just went to Abercrombie and then like uh, <laughs> like handed out like Robin Cass would hand out cards. Everybody that worked there. Yeah, that's how Texas A&M did their casting as well. So it's the same people. It's Clay, it's Corey. <laughs> they went to the Abercrombie at Texas A&M. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It basically is a Texas A&M. You know, like they it's, said it's just, that they would like, you know, like have an Abercrombie and then they would like target like the college that was nearby and then try to get like all of like the coolest like frat guys to wear their clothes. It's so funny to me because the colleges that were near my mall, aka the Poughkeepsie Galleria, were Vassar College and Marist College. And yes. I... You know, they, Maris has some sports teams, but I don't think that they were getting quite the the frat bro crowd. That, I don't think we even had store greeters. I can't remember if that was an element of the Abercrombie in my in my mall. And I think I was really surprised to learn like how intensive that casting process was because it, it never registered as something to me that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. I, uh, I went to a historically black college and they said at some point when they realized diversity was an issue, they started sending their recruiters to HBCUs like mine and they were getting dirty looks. I'm like, imagine that. Imagine a brand that has never posted a black person in his life, like showing up to my black ass school and being like, hey, don't y'all want to shop here? Like, no. Also, what are y'all selling there? Because there's a big sign outside that basically says you can't come inside. It doesn't say that. But the white guy with the abs and the Santa hat just kind of led me to believe that, you know, with the with the shutters down and the dim lights and the oomph, oomph music that maybe I wasn't the target demographic, but they still showed up. I give them credit for that. They're going to recruit. If nothing else, Abercrombie is going to recruit. I mean, they showed it at the top. The target demographic is that video of those white boys screaming, I'm from Amish County, PA, Connecticut. (laughs) That's it. I'm from Minnesota. I'm from Nebraska. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, that this is like something that really captures sort of like the early, uh, early 2000s, like, uh, late 90s of a lot of like, uh, like people like, uh, in their, like, um, uh, around like you know 20 years old and uh, just like saying like outlandish things with no uh shirts on did did you happen to see this week that and i don't know if you caught it in the video that uh corinne kaplan was shown uh in this that they took no. like they they took uh that uh she posted this on facebook that they posted like a video of like how like uh like oh there were magazines in the mall and mtv spring break were were things that were sort of like uh helped promote like uh what what young people should be wearing and that one of the shots that they did from like MTV Spring Break was uh was Corinne she like uh screen grabbed it and said this was me that I was shown in the Abercrombie <laughs> documentary 
that I mean, if we're talking about the Casey Clark is in this documentary as well. Yeah, if you guys saw that. Oh, I definitely saw it. I was like, look at the evolution. Well, you know, like like they actually let another Filipino in in the building. Mm -hmm. You know, so like here it is. Where was she? So So when they were talking about Abercrombie Mm -hmm. being woke. And uh, finally acknowledging that people outside of the spectrum of straight white man and straight white woman exist. Uh, they start pivoting to doing more inclusive uh, lines. And I think that they did something for pride. And so Casey was a model for some of their pride wear. And I remember that Casey had done some modeling. I forgot that it was for Abercrombie and I did not expect to see her face show up in Let's this, go. Uh, in this duck. But what, yeah. what a jump, what a jump scare. <laughs> yeah it's it's so it's, it's so funny though because it's like the evolution of Abercrombie is like we used to service the Korean Kaplans of the world the whites and the hots it's like now we're still hot but we're Casey Clark hot now it's like look at us adding a little color you know it's like add, adding some diversity it's like okay it just to show you the, the the range and also that we really are leaning into the same things reality TV casting is leading leaning into which is are you hot or not you know how hot are you <laughs> like, if you're not hot then just Just save it. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. One of the things I thought was uh, really interesting was they sort of like, like broke down like the formula for the success of Abercrombie. And they tried to like really like quantify uh, w- what they were doing. Um, and we got that like equation, like a couple of, uh, different ways about, uh, what they were trying to do, uh, that they, you know, tried to cultivate like this quote unquote, uh, all American brand, which was, uh, heritage, heritage plus elitism 
plus sex uh, was what they were going for. And what this looked like was a, a lot of like um, shirtless white guys with abs wrestling, uh, playing rugby or maybe lacrosse. Yeah. Sports that are too expensive to have in inner city schools. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like we did not have a wrestling team. And if we did, it was very, it was short lived. We definitely didn't have lacrosse or rugby, football, sometimes baseball, basketball. That was, that was it for my neighborhood. So you can imagine how we saw those commercials and thought, this isn't for me. This is not for me. Let me just keep going. Um, you know, elitism and hot whiteness all just wrapped up in a bow. It's like, this is Abercrombie. This is mm-hmm. not for you, but mm-hmm. this could be for you if you got enough money to buy it. Yeah. I also think that like we, we got to talk about a little bit. I don't know if you guys are very familiar with like what the clothes actually were Yeah, because they weren't, they weren't like uh, if you go to like, you know, a normal store and you pick out a t-shirt, like they, first of all, the men's t-shirts were very soft, but the women's wear was like, it was like this ribbed sort of fabric. So it was like, it, it almost like a waffle pattern. I can't really describe it unless you've like seen it and touched it, but it, it stretched like crazy, but it really only looked good on people who were like a medium to an extra small because it was so like, I think when they made larges, they just made mediums and put large tags on them. Like they were just lying mm-hmm. because the clothing was always like so goofy looking if you weren't sort of like model size. And, and I think that it was also like very thin for women. It was like these little camisoles with lace on the top and like it it didn't really feel like actual clothing that would like keep you warm at night, you know, like they were trying to sell, which is, I guess why they started taking off their shirts because you were going to feel no difference either way. Like Mm. it didn't matter. It wasn't actual clothes. It was just like a status symbol. Like you just needed to have the words Abercrombie and Fitch on you somewhere. And so Mm. if that meant wearing a shirt that was uh, a little too big, that rides up in the back, it was like, okay, fine, whatever. Does it say it or not? Even at one point in this documentary, there was a woman who was like, I bought one shirt. I saved up. I bought one shirt. And on the sleeve, it said Abercrombie and Fitch. It looked like a normal t-shirt. But on the sleeve, it said Abercrombie and Fitch. And she's showing multiple pictures of her wearing that same shirt. Like she could not wait for that shirt to come through the laundry again so that she could wear it again and pose with her arm out like she got a new tattoo mm-hmm. just so you can see her Abercrombie and Fitch logo um so yeah I, I'm sure Naomi has a great point because if you ask me what do you buy at Abercrombie and Fitch I'd be like cargo shorts the question mark mm-hmm. like what do, like what do you get there mm-hmm. do they sell mm-hmm. cologne I, I think you could I, walk into the store yeah. walk out and smell like it and that would cover you like you didn't even need to buy the mm-hmm. cologne and I would do that uh, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit I walk into the store sort of run around a little bit like get Absorb the scent around and walk and out, and yeah. smell like Abercrombie for the next like week. Wow. Then it could feel okay. like Abercrombie. Right. That's how you know you don't have a knockoff. Like if you show up at school and you're say Abercrombie Fitch, and like, um, I don't know, it doesn't smell like Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, did your mom sell this? You're like, okay, maybe you got me. You got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I mean, I, I wish I knew like more about this, like, uh, back in time. Like, I didn't know you should, you should buy the Abercrombie cologne, the scent. <laughs> Who knew? I don't it? think you should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Um, do you think that they wasted the brand Abercrombie and Fitch at the store or, or should this have been a, a, a buddy cop drama, Abercrombie and Fitch? <laughs> Is it not? Like, hmm. 
How do you know it's not? Yeah. You know, like it, it could very well have branched into, you know, the crime scene. Cause if you think about it, like you already have the built in audience, you know, that hot people are going to watch this. Yeah. Um, your two cops have to be hot as well. Also shirtless. I don't know where they're yeah. going to keep their weapons in their protection, but they're going to be shirtless and or pantless. And then they're going to fight crime. Rob, mm-hmm. we still have time to bring they this should, back. Well, yeah, maybe around like 2001, they should have done like the movie Abercrombie and Fitch, the movie with like, yeah. uh, they're like, Hot shirtless cops in black and white. No, no, in white and white. You missed the point of the documentary. <laughs> white hot. You missed the point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, did you? Okay, did you guys remember the Mad TV sketches? Though I can't believe they put that in there. <laughs> but that was like that was the time hop for me. I, I totally wiped those from my brain until I saw yeah, that. Well, the segue there was that like the 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 people that worked at Abercrombie and Fitch did not actually like they they were annoyed that you were there that it was very bad customer service. I don't remember these guys. Was this a recurring sketch because they showed one of them on the documentary? I I think it was, but I also that's just me judging off of Mad TV, which I think was just extremely recurring sketches all the time forever. Mm-hmm. So I think they did it. They must have done it more than once. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's so funny because they said that that was the intent, right? Like you hired people who were too hot, like to talk to, and then they you put them behind the counter, and then you were not allowed to talk to them. Like you could talk to them, but they had to be extremely annoyed that you were interrupting their hotness with your petty questions about actually purchasing things, consumerism, those kind of things. Maybe raking a return. Like you're not going to get that kind of energy from the hot people because that's not what they're there for. They're there to make you feel inferior so that you have to buy this stuff so that one day you too can have abs. So like, don't miss the point here. Cause I look, I worked at Walmart and we were equally annoyed that people were talking to us. We were nowhere near as hot or white uh, as you, as you should be to get that kind of like, to have that kind of uh, attitude. Like, sir, you work at Walmart, calm down. But if you worked at Abercrombie, it's like, okay, well, my, no, just right. I didn't mean any disrespect. My, my bad. You know, who you are me to ask anyone you. hired for their looks at Abercrombie knew how to do a return or like sell you a gift card. <laughs> like, there's no way. Yeah. Like, this is a store. What are you talking about? Well, I just don't think those were criteria that they judge the employees on. It's just like, uh, like, uh, you know, like the, they would have like a review. They're like, this person sucks at their job. Like, yeah, but they're so hot. Have you they're, seen them? They're so cool. Not rocks at all. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them at the register. On on the less sexy days of the week, you had like the uglies like myself at the counter and stuff like that, like actually handling business. But then you you had to know that a blitz could happen at any time. And the CEO, Mike Jeffries, could just show up at any store in the country and say, like, are the people hot or not? And that's when you shuffle Chappelle and through, like through the back. Like I'm Sammy Davis Jr. or something like that. Like you just push me into a, a dark corner and be like, no, no, no. Hide. Like, don't you come out. Is that you what stay, they did stay, to stay, Sammy Davis stay. Jr.? They had Sammy using the back doors. Like, like, are you kidding me? Oh my like, God. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Abercrombie was like, yeah, give me that. Bottle it up and then let's sell it, you know? And mm. so you had to keep the uglies and the minorities to the back for when the blitz came. So I th- I'm sure they had people who could do sales, but never when anybody important was in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to their formula that they seem to have like a very specific vision of what the Abercrombie uh, customers were and what they weren't. And so uh, if you had a golden retriever, you were an Abercrombie person. If you had a poodle, this is not for you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rob. I don't think golden doodles count. I think you're out. <laughs> out. I, I think I was out well before the, the golden doodle. 
Uh, but yeah, well, good to know. If if you have a if if you have a Jeep, you're an Abercrombie person. If you drive a sedan, you are not. Put an X through mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Okay. What if you dr- drove like a Caprice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 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 what if you drove like a Lincoln Town Car? Like, you know, like where do you I stand? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Can it drive on sand? <laughs> I hope, I hope so. <laughs> So, yeah, man. Yeah, those you, are can you drive sp- to the bonfire later tonight? Then no. it's cool. <laughs> Not the bonfire. <laughs> wait, wait. I have to ask: Do white people really be having bonfires like in the middle of the week? Like, is this just a thing? Because I see it in movies all the time. I feel like I don't know for sure because I th- I think it's just a California. Like, I, have I been to bonfires on the beach? Yes. Was it like on vacation with my family? Also, yes. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't know that it's like a, yeah. a frequent high school thing. I would have to like live more near the water and the beach to know for sure. Yeah, and Chappelle, if, if they were happening, I would have to be invited uh, to them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So you saw the movies the same I way. Saw, I saw, I saw, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, is this made up? Everything People I really know doing about the world is from TV and movies, so that, that's basically... Same. Yeah. That's why that's why I have to ask people. I'm like, okay, like now you might have actually been in this world. You tell me if this is just made up. But now I'm watching the movie like this never happened. Like there's no bonfire on the beach. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, they get into like a lot of the marketing campaign of Abercrombie and Fitch, and so that they uh really that they had uh one guy Bruce Weber who was doing like all of the photography, and I guess that uh Bruce Weber had been uh, a a famous photographer had uh, done a lot of work uh, photographing the male form, uh, and they decided Mike Jeffries decided that okay Bruce Weber you are going to be the vision for um the Abercrombie and Fitch. But what was uh, I thought like very ironic, uh, really, and not really ever talked about was that, you know, these uh, images that Bruce Weber would produce, which, you know, uh, I, I think that was like a big like a, he did a book called Bear Pond, which uh, was like a huge book uh, for the uh, photographs of the male form, you know, that uh, for the, the, the group they, they were trying to cultivate to. This, uh, this, 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 uh, you know, young male audience that they really went like, uh, with like very homoerotic with all of the marketing campaigns for Abercrombie and Fitch. And and it was very effective. Don't be Florida, Rob. You can say gay. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it, it is. And it's like, it's, I don't think I realized this at the time, right? As a kid, I don't think it registers. But I think as an adult, it's very, very obvious. And it's fascinating because Abercrombie and Fitch was worn by people who I went to school with who uh, were not very friendly to the whole LGBTQ community. Right. And the irony of this imagery and the irony of it being the ideal standard for the masculine man and for the feminine woman is very amusing in retrospect. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because you have Bruce Weber who would not fit in with the Abercrombie look, you know, like just like aesthetically, he is not he is not the target audience, mm-hmm. um, but he is telling you that you're not cool enough to be the target audience either. And so you're like, oh, I need to I need to impress Bruce Weber. I need to do more crunches so this man can like, um, you know, Google me, you know, it's like, oh, OK, well, I, I don't want him like to 
approach me in an inappropriate way, but also need to be a model. And so like they got to yeah. the point where they were modeling for Bruce Weber, but the lines were blurred. People had started to accuse Bruce Weber of using his platform or his influence to basically like identify people who he thought was hot and get himself in a room with them and maybe touch them, do breathing exercises. Like it never got like, they never got specific on about how sexual some of these interactions got, but it was clear yeah. that it was inappropriate. Well, it, was, at the yeah, least. it was very inappropriate. Yeah. And it was also yeah. like implied, like then if you had any sort of issues with like staying at like a, I guess you would stay at Bruce Weber's house. Uh, when you do that, like there was one guy who he like tried to leave and they said, okay, well now you're fired. Cause he, right. he yeah. It's like, oh, you're not fire. You're just not hot. All of a sudden, it's like, well, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, you're not hot. I thought you were hot. You're not hot. So I think you have to go. You just, you just stop getting phone calls after a while. You know, Bruce Weber looks like he had a waterbed, like in 2007. <laughs> like he definitely looks like because like that is like it's well after its time, but also like you know nothing good is happening there if you show up. So like, mm-hmm. fire me right now. You walk into a house where there's a waterbed, just hang it up. There's those. Abolish them all. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting that Bruce Weber is the guy that they use to make this complete campaign about because it almost feels like it was nefarious from jump. It feels like Bruce Weber's like like decision was okay. Let's see how many hotties we can get in here so that I can be happy or maybe write another book. Um, and Mike Jeffries uh, leaned into that as well. They say uh, you know he had similar accusations, but he's never anything. Nothing's been proven against Mike Jeffries, but it was very clear that Mike Jeffries and Bruce Weber were creeping on the kids uh you know a little bit um depending on who you ask and yeah. there were several lawsuits that uh Bruce Weber had to like settle. I guess pay up yeah. or at least settle yeah well then we found that at the very end that the guy who owned the co- the company Les Wexner that he he was like very close with uh Jeffrey Epstein and put Jeffrey Epstein in charge of of uh, going through all the Victoria's Secret models so, yeah, it wasn't like that, like, you definitely got the sense that, you know, across uh, the uh, Les Wexner companies uh, that there was a lot of, like, impropriety in terms of, uh, like, uh, sexual abuse. I think mm-hmm. that this is, like, this is a smaller snapshot of what I think a lot of people are familiar with in, like, the fashion industry and modeling in general is that it is extremely petty. It is extremely about pleasing the photographer or the guy in charge or the person taking the photo or the person putting the photo in the magazine. And a lot of the time it's inappropriate the way that people pick and choose people. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a model, if you aren't, uh, if you are subjected to these types of things, it can be very difficult to speak out. And more, more than anything that like these very rich and powerful people just exploit their opportunities and i felt very bad for we got to see some of the abercrombie models i thought that was so fun to see some of the models who were like you know the guy calls himself armpit guy you know like the armpit guy what a what a what a what a bro you know Mm -hmm. and and they talked about it and you know it affected like some of the most famous abercrombie models and you have to feel for them because i think that a lot of the times these abercrombie guys were just like Hey, look, you're really hot and you got abs. Do you want to be on a bag? And they're like, yes, sure. And then it got mm-hmm. worse. And I, and I felt a we lot. Got free for them. I'm glad it talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was also weird because it was like, you're hot. Do you want to be on a bag? But also, do you want to work in our retail store? You know, it's like, it's the same, the same casting for each one. Like the, the, the same job interview that you do for the actual job is the job you do. You know, the interview you do for the modeling. It's like, are you hot or not? 
okay, well, okay, well, you're not that hot, so you get to sock. Yeah. You know, you don't get to be on the bag and you don't get to actually be in the fo- the storefront a lot of times. Uh, but um, we even saw celebrities in in the game back then, too, because once Abercrombie kind of took off, like I think we even saw Penn Badgley from uh, you on Netflix was on there, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's kind of like they just went and found like, OK, who do we have that's white with abs? And let's see if this works. You know, going back to hot or not, like, I think that, like, that was very much, like, in the, like, ether of the society at that point in time. Like, I think that that is, like, how Facebook started of, like, it was a website. Uh, like, there was, like, hot or not, like, uh, like I think it was, like, hot or not.com that you would go on there and just say if people were hot or mm-hmm. not. Uh, and so like, uh, yeah, I think that's very much like uh, at that point in time uh, that that was like the in thing to do. Talk about who's hot. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this all t- like there you can make a collage and it would have Abercrombie and Fitch on it. And the very next side would be like MTV's The Real World. And then it would be mm-hmm. like VH1 Celeb Reality. And then like it, it, it just like expands from there. And it's like all of these things that made people feel bad about themselves. Why did I feel bad about myself because of an Abercrombie ad where that was a grown woman wearing like, you know, jeans and no shirt, you know, like there was no reason for that. And yet it like seeped into our brains. And I think that um, certainly I can't imagine what it's like to be a person growing up now and, and all the things you're exposed to, but I don't think the early two thousands were much better, especially, you know, the, I call it kind of like the Mary Kate and Ashley of it all of like the how how skinny are you and how many cigarettes are you smoking a day? Can that be increased mm-hmm. and decreased? Wow. Mm, the, the Paris Hilton cinematic universe is what we like to call it where I'm from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, it, because it's like she and was she would the say queen that's of that's hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. So you had to be hot. You that's had to rocks. be cool like Paris. And I'm sure. Yeah, that's rocks. See, somebody should have came with the alternative. Like, mm-hmm. mm, that's rocks. Um, But you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, like if you had somebody like Paris Hilton or some big name celebrity just telling you like, no, no, this this really ridiculously made outfit that you're wearing is hot. You're like, OK, that's validation enough for me. I should go buy a tiny dog and put it in a purse and carry it around and call it my baby, you know, and that created all of these other spinoffs like uh and i don't know if she used the the these epicenter for all of this but it's definitely all in her realm right you got the abercrombie and fitch like naomi said you have the vh1 celeb reality shows basically anytime we can highlight hotness we're going to do it and they're all going to be wearing the same clothes it's just that later on the shift happened and you no longer have people looking at abercrombie as like a positive thing but yeah. now looking at them as kind of like the the frat bro bully uh of yeah. the world and then that's when things are taking a change so we're still on the upward trajectory trajectory of Abercrombie and Fitch. Abercrombie and Fitch peaks in 2002 when a, a little group known as LFO mentions them in a song and says that they like the girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. They take them if if they had one wish. I, I listened to this song yesterday. And wish. I, I, I listened to this song yesterday as I was doing my grocery shopping. This song sucks. Like, I thought it was going to be more of a, first of all, LFO says Chinese food makes me sick. Yeah, what, LFO, what's wrong? What's wrong with the Chinese food? Too much MSG? Is it? A, is that the? Is that the problem? I, I, I think it's racist. I think LFO is just, just being offensive. I. I mean, if it makes them, sucks. if it makes them sick, that, 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 I mean, that's not that's not you can't be racist, right? 
I don't no, know. Hold on. The way that they're saying it, it sounds like they're saying it makes me right. sick. Oh, like, I think it makes you like physically like, ill. Yeah. Like, like all three of us have a like a like a gastrointestinal like problem with Chinese food, but I, it does kind of sound like like you know what I'm sick of damn Chinese food. Yeah. Like, why is there so much? too much of it? It's too right. much of it. Right. Yeah. You know what we should do? Make a graphic tea and, and disparage Asian people like t- like Abercrombie and Fitch. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. The energy that you yeah. get. You know what? Yeah. Also, yeah. Chappelle, listen to this. That uh, they're talking about how great Larry Bird is. Uh, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look. Look. I would. I will go on record and say that I remember this song because of like a now. That's what I call music commercial. Mm-hmm. So I only know those two lines. I don't know what they say after that. Before it, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I don't, that they, yeah, that, but, I don't know. Macaulay Culkin wasn't Home Alone. Um. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they said, stayed, stayed all summer, <laughs> then went back home. Molly Macaulay Culkin wasn't home alone. What do you mean he wasn't home alone? Why? Because the burglars were there too. Is he just saying words? They just yeah. Cherry Pez, Coke Crush, Pop, Rock Stud, Boogie used to hate school, so I had to play hooky. This is like Bar. a much much worse bare naked ladies one week like it's mm-hmm. it's trash mm-hmm. i will say i will say uh they said uh love new edition and the candy girl because uh r- remind me of you because you rock my world uh i'm gonna like new edition yeah they like new edition they dropped a few names there look i i apologize on behalf of all the uh bare naked lady fans out there for what naomi just did you never compare bnl to like this band <laughs> this is not a band this is this it is a made up band. like lfo was just it was yeah, a man it was a man yeah <laughs> yeah look i just I, I just want to know i just want to let y'all know that when i heard this song it meant nothing it was not like oh my god abercrombie has made it so when they talked about it in the documentary i'm like Okay, you know, like, oh, that was a big deal. It's LFO. It's not. This is no uh, one's favorite band. Listen, I'm sorry. They said li- like the color purple, oh. macaroni and cheese, ruby red right. slippers, and a bunch of trees. Okay, I'm sure there's meaning there. The color mm-hmm. purple, famously, you know. Yeah, are you on the Genius favorite. article, Rob? Can you like mouse over and like pull up? Right. The- <laughs> are you a rap genius for LFO? <laughs> no. If you could just click. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm just on the on the lyrics of uh, yeah. LFO, uh, but they said that was the pinnacle. That was it. Mike Jeffries knew he made it when LFO, the great, the super group LFO, men uh, use them in their in their lyrics. Rob, name two more songs by LFO without looking. I I couldn't even tell you one. Isn't is Naomi. it three eleven? Is one? I don't know. <laughs> I, Look, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. What does LFO uh, here, stand for? Here you know? LFO singles. Light it's, funky it, ones. <laughs> light funky. <laughs> Their singles are Sex You Up The Way You Like It, Step By Step, Can't Have You, Summer Girls, Girl on TV, I Don't Want to Kiss You Goodnight, West Side Story, Every Other Time, Life Is Good, and Perfect 10 in 2017. Um, so LFO is still out here on the scene making music, or at least they were five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. I do believe that one of its founding members uh, uh, passed away in 2010. Uh, so that they, they might they might be out there, but uh, that they are without without one of the original LFO. Right. R.I.P. Rich. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one of those things where it's like this is nobody's favorite band. Yes. But 
it was a big enough song for mm-hmm. like for Abercrombie to get this this like, like this big huge push. Like it was already like the thing, but once you make it into a song lyric, it's kind of like you can yeah. get no bigger. Because now you're in the ethos forever. And, and like, I, I this song say, will play years from now. Right. I, the fact check, I said that it's 2002 that LFO uh, released uh, Summer Girls in, ni- in 1999. Uh, but I, I guess that, so that was sort of like uh, the, the peak of uh, Abercrombie. But things started to take a turn. Okay. And it started mm. with really the graphic tees. The graphic tees yeah. were bad. Mm. I, see, I thought <laughs> you were going to say it started with Flash Thompson. <laughs> uh, see, I think that was 2003. That so I think in 2002 oh, we're, we're, they had the, the, time, the time. yeah that's that's coming that's coming in 2002 they had the issue with uh, offensive graphic tees. Right, things stopped getting white and hot and started getting dark and not mm-hmm. and dark and ugly. And it started with these graphic tees because graphic tees, as we see, still still managing to to be a thing. But it's kind of like it. Like Abercrombie, I won't say they pioneered it, but they definitely like like hung their hat on the idea that we could just write whatever we wanted on a t-shirt, say Abercrombie and Fitch on it, and people will buy it. Um, yeah. And it was true. They just did it, and they did it over and over again. T-shirts are notoriously cheap to make, yes. and they were selling them for $40. And then when they realized that they were pretty much just making up these Etsy shop uh, quotes and stuff, like they were like, oh, crap, we could put whatever we want on yeah. here. How can we exclude people even more let's be racist like let's mm-hmm. just be openly racist on a t-shirt and have the people wearing it like letting you know that this is not for you either so it's not only is our brand white and hot but our shirts are now saying that you are not allowed or you are allowed but you're gonna look very funny if you wear this shirt mm-hmm. and it I, worked i i was a graphic tea girly like, don't get me wrong. I, but I, I, I shopped at Kohl's, you know, <laughs> like I was not Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. What did the shirt shirts. say at Kohl's? Um, definitely like one that was like, that's my jam and had yeah. like, you know, a, <laughs> a guitar jam yeah. playing an instrument or something. <laughs> um, I had a lot of like cartoon character shirts. I remember I had chowder, which honestly, and like, I had a friend who I used to watch America's Next Time Model with and we sit with each other on the bus and she told me to stop wearing those shirts and she was right. And I didn't believe her at the time, but she was right. And Minji, I should have listened to you. But I I just like, I loved like the bright colored, like say anything kind of t-shirt. But I think that Abercrombie and Fitch shirts were just too expensive for yeah. me to ever consider wearing. And like, it's crazy to me that we see in this documentary because we not only get to see like former store employees and former models, but people who also just like straight up worked in the higher up positions in the company. And they were like, Oh yeah. But I think we, we fixed that thing with the whole offensive to Asian people, t-shirts. Right. And everyone's mm-hmm. kind of like, not really. We're like, nah, I think we got it. Moving yeah. on. Next question. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. The, the one shirt that they had, you know, we, um, the, the shirt that was the, well, the shirts that were offensive to Asian is really what like like popped off the protest and stuff like that. Uh, but I, again, I knew nothing about this. This is so out of my yeah. realm. When they started talking about like the Mexican donkey with the holding the burrito or something like that, or the taco or something like that, I was like, "What the hell? Like, what are you? What are you talking about?" Um, it was this. It was ridiculous. The fact that you could get away with something like this so publicly, and then when the protests start, and Abercrombie basically just says, "Oh yeah, dang, we're sorry." And then that's it. Like that's the only. They did burn the offensive T-shirts. 
Well, they had to make sure they didn't last. Like, we yeah. can actually have one today, but they well, kept making shirts. <laughs> also, it was a common, like, I have read, and I remember reading this while, that, like, Abercrombie not only burned shirts so that they didn't exist anymore, so that they were, you know, the demand was high. So they don't end up in Marshalls where the poor people can buy them? They didn't want Stop them to it. go to Goodwill. They didn't. They. Yeah. I read stories about how Abercrombie would go to Goodwills and Salvation Armies and buy their shirts <laughs> so that you couldn't wear them yeah. as a poor person. If you were shopping at Goodwill because you needed to, because those clothes are affordable, there is nothing wrong with that. But Abercrombie was not going to let you have it. And and that's like they'd rather burn it. That's the crazy mind of Mike Jeffries, right? Mm-hmm. That is the bullshit mm-hmm. he was doing. Um, I I pulled up the salon article that they mentioned. And mm-hmm. there's a 2002 uproar over the company's thongs for middle school girls, which had eye candy and wink, wink printed on their fronts. So not only were they making graphic tees, they're also making graphic thongs. And, and honestly, not a lot of real estate uh, to do a graphic <laughs> design on the thong. Um, and, but it was graphic, uh, graphic thongs for, for middle for middle school girls. I mean, I also think it's kind of funny to be like, oh, only middle school girls are going to purchase these. Like, I think if you were shopping at Abercrombie, you were in an age range. But and, and I, what did they like, say? What What did the thong say? Eye candy and wink, wink. No, stop. <laughs> There's not even, a, even <laughs> room to print that. He, he told you to stop like you came no. up with it. Man. He's like, stop. Stop, <laughs> stop it. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. You leave the room for a second. Yeah. Right. No. Oh my God. No. Um, God. What? <laughs> and nobody was arrested. You telling me nobody was arrested. Okay. Nobody. Fine. No. Nobody. Uh, Mike Jeffries' response was like, I can see getting upset about letting your girl hang out with a bunch of old pervs, but why would you let your girl hang out with a bunch of old pervs? Sir, what does that answer? Nobody, sir. That didn't even make what? sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, why would you sell this to a, like a child? Like they could like old pervs might be looking at them. And Mike Jeffries was like, okay, we'll keep your child away from old pervs. It's like, yeah, Damn, you got me there, Mike. You know, yeah. like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Why are you selling this to kids? Also, like, what? Wink, mm. wink. Mike Jeffries, wherever you at, you need your ass whooped. Yeah, what's I'm just what's winking? What, what's, what's, what's wink, wink? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, Okay. This was too much. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so the graphic tees, the sayings is really what popped yes. off this. Because here's the thing, Rob. Be behind the scenes, you could be exclusionary and you could have these like um oppressive um like themes within your company as long as you don't say it, right? Like you can post white people, you can hire pretty people, you can do all this other stuff, but as long as nobody knows that you're doing this, it's fine. When they got the graphic tees, they were like, what if we just said we were just doing this? Like, what if we just started to just subtly write down? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. It's nothing subtle about that. Um, (laughs) Why don't we just start to put on the shirts, like almost explicitly, like we are doing this. We are excluding people. And that's when people are like, huh, it's almost like Abercrombie and Fitch is not for everybody. Like maybe we should look into this. And it really pops off the movement. Uh, because they couldn't help themselves. They had to put on paper, like, we don't like uglies, we don't like minorities, and you might be too fat to wear this. But mm-hmm. also, shop here because mm-hmm. we want your money. Yes. Now, Naomi, okay, here's here's where you wanted to go with this. So, way back when, back <laughs> in the uh, RJP Rewind days, we talked about hmm. the uh, what, who who wants to be a superhero? 
What was it? What was the, What was? I believe yeah, Stan yes. Lee's who wants to be a superhero. Yes, <laughs> and we talked about the different superhero characters uh, that were being created and the super super villains also. Uh, mm. So in uh, the I believe it's the, is it the 2003 Sam Raimi Spider Man <laughs> Peter Parker yes. is beat up by a guy in head to toe Abercrombie. Do you think that this should have been the sort of origin story for a new comic villain of uh, Abercrombie Man? Or is Abercrombie and Fitch like a like a like a like a Batman and Robin but bad? You know, like mm. is it like a, a villain and his yeah. sidekick? Yeah. Uh, and the Sam Raimi Spider Man was two thousand two. <laughs> yeah, it's they're like Team Rocket. You know, it's prepare for trouble, make it double. Uh, you got Abercrombie on one hand, you got uh, Fitch on the other hand, and then you got Meowth in the middle. Yeah. You know, and they are they are here to promote supremacy. I, look, I'm sure there's already villains who do that anyway, mm-hmm. but they're going to promote supremacy through fashion. Right. You know, and so it's like, yes, like Spider-Man is coming for us, but just because he's too ugly to wear our clothes, you know, like yeah. he's really got to shut us down. We kicked Mary Jane out the other day because uh, yeah. Mike was in the building. So we had to like shuffle her out the back door right. with, you know, mm. uh, and, Zendaya, you know, like <laughs> James Franco is right there yeah, that he could, he could easily be the, the Fitch. Yeah. Mm. If you told me James yeah. Franco modeled for Abercrombie Fitch, I wouldn't, I would totally believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure we could li- like pull up a Google search of like the like the white men with abs from the early 2000s and find a list of all these people who are probably currently in these superhero movies. Like, you can't tell me Chris Evans wasn't in these in these ads. You know, like these these people. That's how they cast the Avengers. You know, like <laughs> like like all right, Thor. <laughs> did you work for Abercrombie? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Were you were you impactful or were you a model? Let's get mm-hmm. down to brass tacks. And I think that's how you determine who your your villains, your heroes are. So maybe the villains could have been chosen the same way um, if they really wanted to lean into Abercrombie being the villain that it is. Yeah. So interesting thought, bro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll take it. Um, this is when uh, you know uh, we're going to start to hear from some of the people that uh, worked at the Abercrombie store and uh, people that were uh, the victims of uh, racial discrimination at the stores where. Uh, we hear from a woman who uh, was a black woman who uh, they only let work at night and wash the windows. Uh, and, and then she wanted to switch to shifts during the day. And they told her that wasn't allowed. <laughs> I like, I feel so bad. I never, I worked at, um, I worked at an ice cream store when I was in high school and I never had to like worry about like what shifts I was working or like make sure that I was on like the better shifts. Like I was, you know, I just worked like a, a you know, Saturday, Sunday, and that was it. But I, Chappelle, was there this much drama over like which shift you worked when you were a kid? Like, is that something that really mattered to you? I, I think, well, for one, my first job was at Foxy's Cabaret sweeping the floor. So I too was shuffled in and out. Like no what one could see me because it was under the it's a it's a close now. Don't okay. worry about it. But listen, <laughs> I think for high school students, I think it's very important that you're not working the night shift because you have homework, you that's, have class, good, you have to think. You have, good point. Yeah. So she's like, "Hey, I would really like to have my evenings so I can hang out with my friends. You know, people who don't mind being seen with me in public." And Abercrombie's like, "Yeah, but we really need a janitor." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, but you you're hired so me. good at cleaning the windows." 
you're amazing. Like, it's the way you clean the windows. I just can't get over it, Carla. Like, why would you feel bad about this? Like, if you're you our best so good at cleaning the windows. Right. We could do it, but she's like, okay, well, what if I clean the windows and work in the daytime? Like, mm, yeah. no, and Chappelle, no, no, they don't even use the windows. They have shutters over the windows. <laughs> she's like, they like got her like basically like cleaning something that doesn't exist. They're like, oh uh, yeah, could you go? Uh, Clean the windows in the in the stock room, There's like no in the back room. Do the receiving. <laughs> Thank God. No one has to dust the shutters, in Carla. But they're but the shutters are too out front, so they're like Carla. You have to come at night when the mall is closed to clean right. the shutters. God yeah. forbid a non-white person is seen outside of Abercrombie and Fitch. The brand is ruined. Like down the yeah. tubes. Mm-hmm. They crank up the oons oons music when you get close to let you know, like, you're not welcome here, sir. Like, you know, like, you're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you're getting closer. You know, for me, like I said, that was very like, I, well, what, what's in here? But for Carla, this was the beginning of the end of her employment because once she brought it up that, hey, I don't really feel welcome here. Y'all are hiding me and I can't get it better shifts. They were like, okay, that's fine. We'll call you next time. It's time for you to work. And then her phone just never rang again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My theory is that. Abercrombie and Fitch would not have gotten in as much trouble if they didn't like hire like dumb hot people. That makes sense. Like mm. if the managers weren't dumb enough to like put their racial discrimination on full display, then maybe they could have gotten away with this for a little bit more for a little bit longer just because people wouldn't just be texting. Oh yeah. I didn't hire this person because she wears a headscarf. You know what I mean? Like right. it's that, crazy. That's fair. the bottle like bit itself in the ass. It's a good, it's a good point, but then like you have to also go to like the top of the company where it's like, they have this situation that they talk about later (laughs) on where um, the, the woman uh, who wore uh, the, the the black headscarf and they, um, they took it to the Supreme court. They didn't even say like, Oh, you know what? Hold on. Our bad. Our bad. Uh, You know what? Uh, (laughs) I, you know, it's, it's not, they said it's the same as a baseball hat uh, that they, they they said that, that, no, we're going to fight this. You you will learn this about me, Rob. I hate dress codes. I like I mm-hmm. abhor them. Like I hate them so much because it's it's so elitist. It's like do, does do certain functions require a dress code? Yes. Does every function require a dress code? No. And also that you just creating a dress dress code because that's the environment you want to have for your consumers is BS. Because it's kind of like because I look a certain way, my money's no good here. And Abercrombie was basically like, yeah, actually, yeah. You know, like if we see if you someone sees you with that that hijab on, I mean, <laughs> your you, what sales will plummet. So no, we're not going to apologize for this. In fact, we should be suing you for even putting us through this. And so <laughs> it gets all the way to the Supreme Court, and of course they lose. They lose because, like Naomi said, if these people were smart enough, they wouldn't have a huge paper trail of people just like, hey, boss. Fired a lady today. She came in wearing something cultural, so we had to ask her. You know, it's like, and they're like, "Bet, cool." You know, like, "Oh, did you hire? Did you hire any uglies today?" Not on my watch, boss. It's like, all right, cool. So they have all of these doc, this documents of just times over and over again where people were discriminated against. The thing is, they hired so few minorities that it was like, it, for every uh, like other minority, there was like like a horror story attached to it. So it was like they had to reach far and wide to find these people. But when they did, they always had evidence. It was like, yeah, they, my boss literally said on camera in front of everybody on, on Vine that I was too ugly for this. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it, it's just that that's wild that they went, they went to the Supreme Court that nobody could like say like, hey, like, hey, dr- it's just, it's just turn around. Go, like, no. 
Yeah, the, just what? Like, yeah. I feel like there must have been like I thought about, and this is going to sound goofy. I thought about Succession a lot in in while I was watching at this documentary yes. because it, it just reminded me of like a stubborn CEO who was not going to back down. Who was like, I'll fight it, I'll do whatever, but like nothing worked out in his favor as it shouldn't have. Um, and and I just can imagine all the people who were like, Mike, please, Mike, let this go. Like, just move on. Go go to your private jet with your little list of rules and like go chill out there. Yeah. Leave us alone. I, Stop fucking over the I company. I love the rules for the jet <laughs> that they had, like I the rules so. of what you were allowed to say, do and not do if you worked on Mike Jeffrey's jet. Robert, you could bust us out for know-it-alls. Like rules right. of how to address. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if Rob is eating something cold, you're not allowed to eat something hot. Yes. Let's be very clear. This is a cold meal zone only. How mm-hmm. dare you come in here with your warm soups? Yeah. Um, Mike, Mike Jeffries is insane. You know, like the the idea that he could just decide and document these ridiculous rules, even for his jet. I think they said the manual is 47 pages of like the do's and don'ts for his private jet. Mm-hmm. Like it was the executive jet that really he only used. So I was like, oh yeah, this is for executives. It's like, you're the executive. How much you. Abercrombie business did they have that required a jet? I guess they have to go like blitz, like the Portland store tomorrow. Like I need yeah. the jet. Yeah. Gonna pop Abercrombie, in. Abercrombie. Yeah, they're Abercrombie and Fitches all across middle America. And so like if he yeah. needs to get to, you know, Omaha tomorrow, it's like, well, I gotta yeah. go. I, 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 I heard there was another Omaha all the way to Ohio. <laughs> and you know, who's gonna who's no major characters right. are doing that? They like radio him, like, all right, Mike, we got an ugly. Like, oh, I'm on the way. He's <laughs> like, 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 he like fires up the Batmobile, you know, mm-hmm. so he has to get a private jet because how else will he stop crime and minorities from, you know, being at his store? Yeah. I mean, he has a lot going on, Mike Jeffries. Uh, they talk about that. He starts to get like really bad plastic surgery done uh, over over the years. Yeah, uh, he's got kind of like uh, and I mean this lovingly a like a little bit of a, like a Gary Busey uh, look going yeah. on. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to uh, look at a store that like criticizes people's looks and then in turn <laughs> look at him and, and criticize his looks. I don't think that's like a fair thing to do because what he does is not okay, but definitely he is somebody who is chasing youth, right? He wants to be young and uh, be seen as like glamorous. And so he puts some filler in his face. And I think that in general, it's just sad. It's sad that um, whatever mental state he's in, this is his way of making himself feel better. I think he had like a wife and a kid that he like just did not talk to. Like I, I the lot article, yeah. they're like we kept asking him about it. He's like, uh, no, 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 no. like something is something is going on with this band. Mm. But I think it speaks to that he's like so uh, disconnected and out of touch. Like uh, he's not getting good advice anymore at this point. <laughs> no, no. no. People no. have just stopped talking to him altogether. They're like, no, you, uh, you're, you're far too problematic. You have to leave. Uh, <laughs> and so he, he left. And well, he doesn't leave. He basically has to step down because all the allegations, all like they're losing money. Abercrombie is not selling anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's to the point where like people are like, this is a problematic brand. The Supreme Court said it. It's in history books now. Yeah. There is nothing you can do. This woman, Samantha, she is an icon. She goes through all kinds of hell because of this this uh, Supreme Court case. People are like, 
saying all this negative stuff about her and talking about like, well, why, why are you upset about a dress code? You wouldn't wear a dress code. Like she's doing all of this. It's public knowledge. He's out here like augmenting himself to fit some type of image that he wants to. And then like, it's all just crumbling down in front of him. And all he can do is put lip fillers in his face to kind of just <laughs> cope with the pain. Yeah. It's, that, it's uh, a sad, sad story. Yeah, I, that I, I just wanted that, that. So there was like a like a couple of different points that like uh, in between the like I, that seems like uh, the the hijab uh, Supreme Court case seems like the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, that yes. there was a, mm-hmm. a a big uh, lawsuit that went on. Uh, that we we meet a woman who uh, was working at Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, that I guess they had like a blitz where they came through said, "Oh wait, hold on." Why are there uh, so many Asian people working at this Abercrombie store? They laid off a bunch of people. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they tried to t- say that they weren't attractive enough. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like, I think what they would do, because that that was a, she worked at a, an Abercrombie that was near a college that had a high population of people who were Asian or Indian. And so they had a high yeah, employee I, rate I, of people. I, who I think it was the University of California, Irvine. Mm-hmm. And they came in and they basically fired almost everybody under the guise of like, well, there's just no more shifts. Like that's how they lied about it. There's no more work. It's like Mm -hmm. the store is open, isn't it? I'm not stupid. I know that you have shifts available (laughs) and they, they brought in more white people. And this was just like a, this is so common. And I think it just doubles down on what we saw in the two thousands of like being white, being having European features is the most important thing in looking attractive. And I'm so glad that these like kids, especially because if you're like 17, 18, you're like, I guess I'm going to stand up to Abercrombie and Fitch. Like you got to have a lot of chutzpah to do that. And they did. And like, I was really impressed that they were able to like make waves being like teenagers and college students, you know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like a big news story uh, where then Abercrombie uh, was going to settle for, I think, $50 million, and they created this position of a chief diversity officer, which uh, they ended up having him on the the show. He seemed like, a, like he was like in a tough position because that uh, he did not really want to like uh, vouch for Abercrombie and Fitch, but also like wanted to say like, okay, well, like, look, when by the time I left, that you know, 50%, over 50% non-white people at Abercrombie you know, uh, like I, I like I, I did what I came here to do. Oh, my brother, my brother, Todd. Oh, gosh. I was like, when they said chief diversity office, I was like, here it comes. And then I see Todd Corley, a black man. I was like, God, di- Todd, shit. You like this is what they do. They they bring in one of us and says like, hey, you, you get to tell everybody that stuff is cool. And he did. He did to the best of his ability, increase the amount of people who worked at the stores that were people of color. But the issue here is that increasing them on like the very surface level just in the store whether it's they are impactful and in the back or a model or whatever like that doesn't really do the necessary work because the work is to be done at the top like mike jeffrey's board of directors is white it's all white he's white your diversity officer is the lone black face in the room and everybody's like oh, well there's a black man in the room so it must be okay 
No, but Todd isn't like empowered to speak up about this thing because he too would have to be risking his job and going against a huge company with the power that Abercrombie has. Um, we see the same thing with some of the Asian designers that were in the room when the offensive t-shirts were made. People were like, well, if there's an Asian person in the room, it must be okay. No, because they too are in a system where it doesn't empower them to speak up about these things. And so, yeah, I was sad to see Todd Corley here because I was like, I know he's taking the fall for all of this. And, you know, he was able to find the silver lining and say, well, I increased a lot of like the hiring of people of color. It's like, cool, Todd. But this this brand did not change with you there. Like, it's still very much exclusionary. And, you know, he was looked at as a bad guy. But you notice he couldn't say anything bad about Abercrombie. Like, every time they asked, he's like, I'd rather not comment on that. But just imagine how I felt. However you think I felt, that's how I felt. I was like, I see, yes. Todd. Protect yeah. your interest. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he had like an NDA or anything like that. You uh, know he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, but so. Mike Jeffries never changes. Uh, and they they no. tell, tell about some stories about that. He would like, uh, you know, just like uh, rage about like, uh, you know, the clothes aren't small enough. Uh, who are you making these clothes for? And he said some very offensive things. And uh like uh mike jeffries uh like uh d- does not change at all and he ends up getting like into a lot of hot water over somebody who goes back to find like a 2006 interview where he talks about how that uh, like look we are making these clothes for the cool kids and uh we don't want the cool kids or the not cool kids to wear the clothes i mean they're like they say in the documentary you don't say it. Fashion is exclusionary. Fashion is like, is like classist and fashion is like fat phobic and all these things, but they never say it. What they sort of say is like, well, you could look like this if you had the money or were skinny enough, but they never actually say it. They just sell it to you via advertisements. And Abercrombie has a guy at the, at the wheel who is like, has like a megaphone connected to speakers on the top of his car and is like, don't shop here. We don't like you. It's bananas. It's so crazy. And I feel like, um, the fact that this article resurged just shows how much people were sort of fed up with like being told that they were not a part of the, um, they were not a, an important consumer. Like for so long, you're told that your money is worthless because you don't look like this certain person. And you know what? Screw you, Abercrombie. I'm going to take you down. And they very much did. Yeah. And this became like a whole big, like uh, that they, they got like a, like a change.org petition going where that all, all these signatures. And this became like a big news story that we saw, like a lot of different news clips. Chappelle, even, even Hoda got B was dragging Mike Jeffries. You know, I love me some Hoda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. No, no. I just bring her up randomly on a podcast every three or four months. Mm-hmm. Just, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, Kathy Lee and Hoda were even talking about this. That means it was Kathy everywhere. Lee so knows means- a thing or two about uh, bad practices uh, on the <laughs> fashion she? industry. Yeah. R- right, exactly. And so if they're talking about it, you must. Kathy Lee says like, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. You know, one thing we didn't really mention with that Supreme Court case is Clarence Thomas. He said it really, was fine, Chappelle. Of course he did. Of course <laughs> he, he didn't did. See, he uh, didn't see this, an issue there. His raggedy ass. Like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Like, geez, why every time, every time <laughs> he said Abercrombie is fine. 
He's like, I wear it. Y'all don't wear it. You must not be hot or not. The, the, look, the girls who can, can. I met my There's wife Thomas there. Said it. Yeah. <laughs> he did not. Never mind. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it just it's one of those things where it's like Cl- clarence really mm-hmm. every time every even time Scalia, <laughs> even his racket eight to one yeah <laughs> like gosh clarence what's wrong with you like oh man jesus <laughs> what? what i had to stop the movie i was like god damn it <laughs> why are you like this yeah um, I just want to point out there was the diversity video just to go back to this where they're like, okay, guys, we're going to do better. We're, we got this. We're, we're going to increase our diversity. And it featured exactly one <laughs> black person mm-hmm. and like uh-huh. one Asian person who's like Hong Kong. And it was like, oh, <laughs> so your diversity is like, <laughs> two we're in people. other yeah. countries as well. Yeah. Yes. It's like- gotta, you know, we were worried about tokenism. It's like, you should be, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. This whole this whole thing was a mess. It was just like one thing after another. And you're just like, at some point, someone's gonna put this to an end. And no, they did it. Every time you think Abercrombie would just shut this down, pay the people, and change a couple posters, they did not. Like even when they would get sued, they would do like these agreements where it's like, we're gonna try to do better. We're gonna make efforts to do better. And then they would make minimal efforts. And then the moment it was over, like, so do we still have to make an effort? Like, mm-hmm. mm, like Diversity was cool last year, but this year, what if we try white and hot? What mm-hmm. if we tried that? Yeah. And then they just go back to it. So that was the start of the fall of Abercrombie. But Rob, we're now in the re- renaissance for Abercrombie because it's still a thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. They talked about how like the uh, Mike Jeffries just kind of resigned one day. They didn't really get into the Mike Jeffries was not available to he's still alive, uh, was not available to comment on this. They had a um like a shareholder meeting like on the seventh and then on the eighth he just like uh resigned no comments from mike jeffries um we find out that uh the photographer uh bruce weber was named in all of these uh different like uh i i'm I'm not sure if this was like post me too uh, but they ended up, uh, you know, having a bunch of the models come forward and make these claims against Mike Jeffries, which he ultimately uh, settled. Uh, we meet the new CEO of Abercrombie. Her name is Fran Horowitz. Uh, and she says she's taking Abercrombie in a different direction. Her her pivoting, her trying to be like, guys, don't worry about it. We we were pretty crazy back in high school. But we <laughs> And we're not going to bully people anymore. We're going to actually like be really nice. So um, I hope that you will follow my journey on Instagram and join me as I go on my fashion discovery. Please buy my clothes. It was like I was that woman seemed dead in her eyes and her soul. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she's fighting the most uphill battle. You know, like she has a brand that is synonymous with everything that was wrong with America at the time and that still lingers today with the exclusionary stuff. Just, uh, I mean, uh, the idea that you have to look a certain way and act a certain way to be important in someone's life, the internalized homophobia of some of these men just trying to dictate what is masculine, what is feminine, what is like, who should wear this clothes? Like, it's so much going on here. And Fran has now inherited it. And she's like, okay, hear me out. Mm. That was wild. I'm a butt. 
We got some big things coming. We have rebranded. We're no longer featuring shirtless people. We have uh, different campaigns. That's when we see our Casey Clark, uh, you know, rep- representing the Pride Month stuff uh, with her pronouns uh, like displayed as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of just like, look at us. We're being progressive. We're a little late, a lot late, like very, very, very late. But we're here and we're doing the things. We also still exist and we're selling clothes. Please click, click the link. Like click like subscribe, please, dear God. Yeah. And and that's and that's where we're at. That is Abercrombie today. Is anybody in the Abercrombie store? Are there there's still stores in the mall? I, what's a mall? I haven't been to a mall. I, 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 I haven't been there. I haven't been there. I'm interested to know. Uh I'll, like what's I'll what's, go what's the, the foot mall traffic and like back. But I've also seen a lot of photos of like people are reusing the the shutters for other stores like like oh mm. look at this beach store now and it's like actually very brightly lit and they still have the same little shutters up like the the shutters will not go away even if Abercrombie does mm. and I also think like we haven't really touched on Hollister a lot because this isn't so much about Hollister they got off Hollister easy. was just another offshoot of like <laughs> bullying only it was California style mm. like it, mm. there's the brand got so enormous and was so synonymous with like, if you weren't wearing this, you weren't cool. I bought knockoffs. Like I bought knockoffs of Abercrombie and Fitch because I was that desperate to be like, Oh, I'm cool. It would be at like the beach store. Like I went on a vacation and it was at like one of those, like, you know, you could buy a boogie board and like a hermit crab. Right. And it was at one of those. <laughs> you could buy a hermit sure. crab. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. desperation, you know. You, okay. Did you buy sand in a little in a little bottle? Oh, yeah. Like just like colorful sand? No, I bought <laughs> I bought buoys that were painted to look like like the Irish flag because <laughs> that's the only heritage white people have. <laughs> okay. A- anything else about white hot that we want to talk about here? And then ultimately, they they say it at, like at the very end. It was like uh, Abercrombie. If you're building a brand. You don't want it to blow up overnight. They got white hot, but it couldn't couldn't last. Yeah. If it if it white hot, it's burning too hot and it's going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Abercrombie did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, like Naomi said, there's a ton of things you can learn from marketing in this um in this documentary because it's kind of like, yeah, the things that they did were horrible, but they were effective. And if you can t- tone down the horrible then, you know, maybe you too can have a brand that works. Um, But, you know, you just can't go all in on exclusionary because like fashion is already exclusionary. So you adding another layer to it is is inherently problematic. Um, And so there was a lot here. I am fascinated. I want to look at everyone's old photos now and see like all the people wearing Abercrombie because let me tell you, I was wearing tall tees from the gas station. In 2004, um, they came in a package and it's all on them. Um, and then I would get those from like Foot Locker also. And I would save up for these long ass T-shirts that were $30 and they didn't have words on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would wear shorts that were huge. So I know I looked a damn fool in 2003, 2004. But let's go see what these white people were dressing like. Because if I'm interested in these uh, double cop, uh, popped collars that they were <laughs> doing, like... Yeah. Like, that's fascinating to me. I'm telling you, just got to do like an MTV's The Challenge rewatch and you'll see it all. You know, oh, MJ, you know, he was MJ and Brad, you know, they were Brad. like, yeah, mm-hmm. West, <laughs> they, early West, West, yeah, they stayed at Abercrombie, you know, they did. They still shop there. <laughs> to this oh, yeah. If, yeah. He, I, if you told me John, Johnny Bananas still shopped at Abercrombie, I believe you mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. He totally does. 
Um, I just have to say that the dancing, they, they featured a little bit. We, we didn't touch on it. When they would make the models dance, these poor kids from Nebraska, and were like, show us your moves. What moves? They, they were <laughs> flailing their little mm-hmm. strong limbs around. It was brutal to watch. The first part of this movie is very, very funny. Just the absolute clowning on the idea of Abercrombie and Fitch. And then it gets sad. It gets but sad. The beginning of it, very, very funny. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 so cool because it's disgusting. You know, like it's like, hey, like it's like dance a little bit. Yeah, you're a model. Then now, like, don't you want to tackle that guy? It's like, no. It was like tackle him. Like also climb that tree, but take your shirt off and mm-hmm. then like hang upside down from the tree and then hug that guy like really tight. Like y'all are playing tackle football upside down in the tree shirtless. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Put your armpit. And it's, yeah. Right. Show call us more. The, call armpit. that golden like, retriever not- over here. Right. Like, have you, did you park your Jeep close enough to the shoot? You know, mm-hmm. like it was ridiculous, but this is a fascinating watch. So I recommend this. If you're listening to this and did not watch it, go back and check it out because I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is some deep stuff. Okay. Chappelle, we should mm-hmm. talk about what are we going to look at next week? Mm-hmm. So normally what we do now is we go through the nothing but Netflix or, or the Netflix, like uh, things to see and the upcoming things and the coming attractions, all that good stuff. But Rob, we did a poll last week yes. and the poll people were saying that, Hey, this poll is cool, but like, honestly, you probably need to pay some attention to these other, um, these other films, you know, like, even though they're not going to win the poll, I still recommend that you check them out. Okay. And so I'm thinking that we might just need to just, Plop something right from the poll. Okay. So uh, w- what are you feeling? Well, we had two options. One was do or die. Choose or die. Is the mo- Choose or die. I'm sorry. Do or die is the uh, BS that they're about to do on Survivor in a few weeks. It's a couple weeks um, away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. Uh, but uh, choose or die, which was the movie that you suggested that was, it still should be new on Netflix, right? It should probably yes. be in the top 10. Yes. Yeah. And then the other one was the French movie uh, about leaving your cell phone <laughs> on the table yes. and then your friends read your messages. Nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. Yeah. Yeah. They both sound messy. So I'm down. Right. Naomi, have, have you yeah. seen either of these films? No, but I did see a trailer for Nothing to Hide. And I was kind of like, what in the hell? This is like, I, it must be like everybody's nightmare of like, oh my God, my friends are going to see my Tinder notifications. Like, yeah. but I, I guess it must be worse. Okay. Well, Shabelle, let's make a call right now. Choose or okay. die. Okay. Choose or die. No, I'm, I'm asking oh, you. Wait. Yeah. Oh, I maybe, thought you yeah. were saying choose or die. I was yeah. like, yeah, choose either, die. either pick, pick or die right now. That's what I'm saying. Die. Okay. What if I said you pick? Okay. Well, I would say then let's, why don't we do this? Okay. The, no, the other, pick Rob. No. Uh, let me finish. Let me finish. Can I finish? <laughs> can I finish? You can finish. Okay, you can finish. Why don't we? Why don't we do this? Let's let's tell people that we are going to do uh, the Nothing to Hide movie. It is a movie that will give people the week, the full week to watch the movie, and then come back next week and we'll, and we'll talk about it. So here you have a week's notice to watch Nothing to Hide on Netflix. It is in French. There are subtitles. But I hear it is wild. And at the very least, Chappelle's going to do a great job of explaining what happens in the movie. There's going to be plenty <laughs> of mess there. And it's going to be fun to talk about. Because sometimes Chappelle's talking about things on, on Twitter that we I, I don't even know what he's talking about. But it's fascinating. <laughs> this is like going to be one of Chappelle's great Twitter stories. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to be, but I'm down. Um, 
I would almost say that maybe we should be doing choose or die while it's still hot. White oh. hot. Oh. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's curveball. in the top 10. Curveball. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's in the top it's 10. It's at nine. I feel like that a week, right. for, a week from now, I feel like it's going to be totally out of the top 10. <laughs> so, so that means this is it. Like, if we don't do choose or die this week, I mean, Naomi, it's, do you it's, have it's a, a thought? Chappelle, you asked Rob to pick. <laughs> and then you now have to voice your opinion. This is, some, yeah. this is, you are the opposite of Angelina. This is some terrible negotiating. Make the <laughs> damn decision. What do you want okay. to do, Chappelle? I think We're doing do nothing to hide. Sounds like that's what you want to do. Oh, never mind. I, th- I was going to say nothing to hide, but Naomi said, yeah, we got to go with the guest here. No, I'm kidding. Nothing to hide. Let's do it, Rob. I agree. Okay. Let's go with it. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, and look, if, if, Fresh cho- up on your French. if choose or die is, is that great? People will will tell us, uh, make, make sure you do it, and they'll keep watching it. But I kind of feel like that uh, Choose or Die is, uh, you know, a, a falling knife right now. <laughs> it's plummeting. It's plummeting. Um, like, it's, like, like, yeah. like my shares of Netflix stock. <laughs> or your Abercrombie stock. Yeah. Abercrombie. God knows. Yeah, I think the Abercrombie <laughs> stock is actually up. I looked at this, uh, that uh, the Abercrombie <laughs> stock is like in the 30s. Like, how? how? Oh, I, look, the rebrand. Good friend. I guess so. The Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch stock. Yeah, it was like, uh, I was like, oh, the stock is probably like a penny. Uh, but the Mm-mm. stock is th- thirty-four seventy-nine. Yeah, that's probably the point of this film, honestly. Like, they've done the rebrand. They're telling you about all the horrific things <laughs> and owning up to the, the past of Abercrombie to now say, like, yeah. but now we're cool, you know. And we're this public. is how you know uh, yeah. the, the yeah. stock market is due for a correction because, uh, <laughs> like pre-COVID, yeah, Abercrombie stock was at like eight dollars, uh, and then uh, yeah, so that it got to like it's it's in the thirties. Okay, might be time to buy. Don't we'll come back. Here we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, <laughs> they've been here for years, for literally decades. <laughs> like, like, like almost. What is it? Like a hundred years at this point. Abercrombie's been in the in, in the mix, and so you know, I'm not shocked by that. But you could mm-hmm. be doing worse in the stock market. Clearly, okay. Mm. All right, Naomi, what's coming up for you? Yeah, uh, what's coming up for me is uh, Chappelle and I are going to be rowdy in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of podcasting and and entertainment content um i I have a podcast called mike white was robbed that's all about hot survivor takes i have just a few more in the the tank for season two that are coming out we just talked about game changer survivor which uh is like a college humor version of survivor it was really fun with grace and tiktok nicole um and i've been talking about top chef and project runway and uh live reality games but most importantly if you are interested in uh, coming to hang out with me and Jordan Kalish and play some fake Survivor, oh. Survivor New York is casting. We're looking for people to come play. So oh if you're God. interested, tinyurl.com slash SNY6casting. Rob, I, you would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, that I, I think every, every time it's a Survivor season six, I think I have to at least be up for consideration. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. You're mm. right. Yes. How could we? Yeah. Yes. Uh, why do you say I would hate it? Uh, I because I think it's all the it, like it's fun, but I think it would. I've seen people who have been on Survivor play before, right? Yes, and there is no other topic of conversation except okay, you were on Survivor. What was that like? It, it's crazy. Like Survivor fans are feral as oh, soon as they are. I, I would hate it if I time. if I was out there playing. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Would, imagine think- Rob talking to Survivor fans about how much they love Survivor. That has to be his hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so much that it's like a bad thing, but it's like unending. Like you can't just say, all right, podcast is over. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, you got a whole day out there unless they vote you out. But no, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, we make episodes and these seasons are actually pretty good. Um, but, and, and you're in the backyard, you know, it's like, it, it's yeah. fun, but. I actually think that that, that, would, that stuff is fun, like to go do it in a day. What I think is not fun is like uh, people that like play like a game like uh, for like uh, like as long as like a real Survivor season and do it like online. <laughs> like that is I think is not fun. Can I can I tell you? I once saw somebody in, in the live reality game community was like, "Hey guys, I'm thinking about doing a game that lasts for 30 days and the prize nope. is ten thousand dollars." Wow. Wait a minute. Do you think people would sign up for this? And we were like. No, <laughs> what do you mean? No, it's not. Re- it's not TV. Let's just go into a stranger's house for thirty days, sir. <laughs> you're out of your mind. Oh, it's in real life for thirty days. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to do like a version of his own Survivor, but like you just showed up to his house for thirty days. Yeah, ew. Yeah. Imagine if somebody did this like Big Brother style, and they like had like a random house, and they like made you pay to go and live in this house for like a week, and like yeah. put it on YouTube or something like that. Like that this would be is like a plot of like a horror movie that like a this should be on Netflix of like like there's these reality TV fans, and they're gonna win like five thousand dollars, so they go to yeah. some guy's house for a week to go play. Uh, Could and you then, imagine the Twitter Spaces fights about it? It would be crazy. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and then, but it's like it's horrible. Like it's horrible conditions, and they're killing people, and there's uh, all sorts of terrible things happening. Yeah, and then, like they have like these weird masks on, and they just like broadcast. Maybe Jacob Jones oh, sure. applies. Who knows? You know, like sure. it could it could be a whole thing. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, you know, okay. I, we would far be it for me to ever speak something like that into existence. Yes. Okay. God forbid. Chappelle, uh, what's going on for you? Chilling chilling hanging out doing the post show recast thing uh over there uh talking about the walking dead talking about atlanta having a good time of course talking to you i'm going to be on the bnb talking about survivor this oh, week with mike and liana yeah must, I was like, I don't, can't miss that well i i don't get to talk about survivor enough anytime i get a chance i'm i'm, I'm hopping on it so like let's do it and so check check that out wherever you get your podcast because i'm gonna be around um but then also follow the nothing but rhap account on twitter to keep up with what we're doing here on nothing but netflix okay all right and check out everything else we have going on over on rob has a website uh dot com uh lots of great survivor podcasts uh this week that you should uh check out plus uh, everything else we're doing you can subscribe to all of our podcast feeds including nothing but netflix uh when you go to rob's website.com slash subscribe for nothing but netflix specifically go to rob's website.com slash netflix feed we appreciate your feedback and your star ratings and we'll be back next time we talk about nothing to hide unlike abercrombie and fitch take care everybody have a good one bye Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.